I'm Sam Mays, and today we're at Brent's Cajun Seafood in Edmond, Oklahoma, and I'm with a couple of good friends, Mr. Rupus Alexander, former Oklahoma great linebacker. How are you, sir? All right, man. Good. And Mr. Wes Sims, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Wes, also a former Oklahoma great. Wes, a little bit older than Rupus. Wes and I played against each other at Oklahoma uh, in Oklahoma State. Rupus, I think, was a year away from... Uh, no, I played against you last year. Your did senior? you? Yes. Yes. Uh, you got we, did, me. we did two years hard time together, I think, didn't we? You and Rue? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we did okay. too, and I had last your last year, your senior year. We yeah, played. I'm pretty sure I didn't touch Rupert's the entire game. At that point, young legs, too fast, too much speed cool. for for old Mays. That's for sure. And I was fat and hurt, so don't look at me like that. Yeah. I was be- I was better than my previous OU years <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Obviously, the, a lot of breaking news in the world of Oklahoma football. Last week we covered uh, Lincoln Riley. Basically, you know, just couldn't cut it. Couldn't find a way to get himself charged up to go to the SEC and lead the Sooner football team. I decided to bail for what he, uh, I guess, thinks is greener pastures out there at USC. So we say goodbye to him. And on this day, we welcome back Brent Venerables, a coach that both of you guys had played under, uh, former Oklahoma defensive uh, coordinator and linebackers coach. Uh, I've, if you've listened to Rupus on this podcast before, you've heard him talk about BV several times as uh, you guys had a great relationship. And, and I'm going to say this about Rupus and, and, and mean this. When Lincoln Riley got hired as the head coach, from day one, Rupus Alexander has been skeptical. After one season, Rupus was like, he's not the guy. Just doesn't believe in him, right? Never believed him. Didn't believe in, in Lincoln. Didn't believe in uh, Benny Wiley in that strength and conditioning program. And didn't believe in Alex Grinch in the defense. And at the end of the day, I look back at these last several years and think about Rufus as Rufus is in one ear telling me, this guy ain't it. And my, my eyes are saying, well, I'm on a plane going to another semifinal game. I don't know what to think here, but I got to give you credit, Rufus. You were 100% right. He just wasn't the guy, right? And to me, the reason there's reasons why I said he wasn't the guy. Um, whenever he took over the job, I mean, Kyler Murray was, ever, was already here. Baker Mayfield was at, were already doing what he was doing. The whole entire offensive line was built. I mean, they were there. They were stacked. Beanbo had him playing great football. Everything was in sync. You had the wide receivers, all that stuff. Everything was already, like, in place. He had already built team. And then the things that he did showed me that he wasn't ready to be that guy because he went ahead and he changed the culture of the team. Whenever you get rid of a strength and conditioning coach and you say you got to get your own guys, well, you only go and get your own guys if there's a problem. That's like the guy that's at Notre Dame. He said he's not changing anything. They lost one game. Right. I mean, and they have a chance to be in the college football playoffs. And if, if Georgia plays up to par of what they were, they're, in the, they're, in the, they're playing in the, in the national championship. Have Absolutely. a chance in the playoffs. So he comes in and changes after going to the sem- semifinals, the guy who's important to their strength and conditioning, their strength and who they were as a team, their makeup of a team, and got rid of that guy. And then you saw a steady decline of who they were. All five of those guys that was on the offensive line, gone. And all of a sudden, Beanbo cannot no longer evaluate talent? Really? I mean, did y'all see? I'm, I'm sure nobody saw. Who's seen Orlando Brown when he first got to OU? 
Oh, yeah. I Y'all saw need him. to see some before and after pictures of Orlando Brown. Different deal. 380 pounds. Right. Walking yeah. on the campus. Y'all, soft. There's another, a soft 380. There's Super another soft. kid as, as well. If you go, go way back, Duke Robertson yeah. that played, came from Atlanta, Georgia. If you've seen a before and after picture of that man, I mean, it was. He was He's, a large man. He was a large yeah. man, and Schmitty molded him into him. He was soft. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go down the line of guys that were soft and came in as, you know, wasn't much and just became grown men. And you go ahead and you take that away from a team when you have somebody that's a strength and conditioning coach that's won a national championship in multiple different schools. Right. That's not somebody you let go. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not something you do. And I, I think he did that because you, he couldn't control that guy. That wasn't his buddy. And I think he surrounded himself with a lot of buddies. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. Your strength and conditioning coach is the, really the second most important coach on your roster That's when you consider you every day. Right, every day. the yeah. amount of time that they spend with your team. They do set the tone as far as the culture is concerned. And, and Rupus is right. You know, ever since Smitty left, I would say that the toughness level for Oklahoma football has slowly but surely deteriorated. Like, there's some, been some tough dudes. Kenneth Murray. That boy's a tough dude. There's no doubt about it. There have been some monsters that have played with this team in the last several years. Cody Ford. Ain't no strength coach going to hold Cody back. Same thing with Orlando Brown. But at the end of the day, the, the heartbeat, that core of that football team wasn't nearly as tough as it was in the previous it, years. It's not even to say like the kids are not tough. It's just that it's just your mental makeup. I mean, you go through some things in, in practice, like in workouts. It'd be workouts where you think you're making your times. You probably are making your times with Schmitty. And he just does it to mentally mess with you. And that's the, that's the game behind the game. He would mentally mess with you. He would break you down mentally. You would be able to do – one day you would be, you'd do sprints and you're like, man, I can't make my time to save my life. And he would tell you to leave, come back later, just to see how you would react when you came back to the next one and you would just make your times easily and do a second workout. Yeah. And it was just to mentally mess with you. And he's done it to certain players. Boom, he just picks them out. I mean, I'm sure there's days where he would mess with Wes. Like, oh, I know Wes is super strong. Well, I'm going to make the workout so hard that he ain't going to be able to lift none of it and pretty much call him a, everything under the sun until he, until he feel like, man, damn, man, I just feel like I'm the weakest guy in here. Right. But he's always been able to lift the damn gym. And that one day he just felt like picking on him just to see how you react mentally. And I just think there's a lot of things that go into the mental side of football where – they lost a lot. They lost an edge in that side of, of things. It just wasn't the same. It just didn't, to me, it didn't look right. And they went to this whole speed D transformation when the whole entire league was going to the opposite power direction. run ball, yeah. right. power running football, and watching K-State. And the, the thing that changed my mind on OU was when they played against K-State and K-State put them in a the phone boot. And, I mean, they bludgeoned them left and right and punched in the face, and they didn't have no kind of response but to, like, Oh crap! Let's hide. Right, it, it, and that's my first time ever seeing a team just like an OU team just kind of hide from a fight. I'm like, whoa, this is this doesn't look right. And and then a, and the coach come back and said we, we're just one inch off. We were play here and there. No, bro, you just got physically pummeled. You, you, there's no one inch off. You you oh, can't. Exactly. You're on the canvas. I mean, it's not an inch off. You're way off. Yeah, I mean, when any time that you have. Like, Lincoln came in. He was successful at his different programs, but he started bringing Texas Tech culture into Oklahoma culture, and those two things just aren't going to mix. Uh, like he said, anytime we were with Schmitty, we were with Schmitty year-round. You knew who Schmitty was or one of the other two strength coaches under Schmitty because that was your guy. 
like you and two other guys knew him very well. And it, it's just different because I've seen teams come out the last two years and look like we're out of shape the first two, three, four games. That wasn't an option back then. I mean, you may be rusty and, and other things, but at the end of the game, we're still going 100 miles an hour. Right. We just might be hitting the wrong people because we aren't together yet. <laughs> but you're going. You're going. So it, and now it's like, man, come on, come on. But, I mean, to go back to what he was saying, when all the other teams started changing what they did, I mean, I think it was pretty easy. You just look at the success we didn't have against SEC-built type teams and the Army game and, and all those other games, teams that are physical and hit you in the mouth and come out and run the ball and take time off the clock, which is kind of the whole SEC thing. All these teams got closer to SEC ball, and we kind of went another direction, kind of go to the Texas Tech direction where we kind of try to speed everything up and catch right. people off guard and twist linemen every play. And I mean, it's not hard to see where things started tailing off, and now we're trying to come back to that SEC mentality because we have to. We're going down there. So we got to find something that works, and I think we're on the right track now. Well, finding something is exactly what Joe Castiglione did as he goes out to Clemson, South Carolina, and pulls out Brent Venerables, like I said, former coach here at Oklahoma, D.C. linebackers coach, and somebody that I've never heard a negative thing from a former player ever. They love him, and it's and it's guys that he just left at Clemson are on Twitter talking about BV and how great he is and how he's going to be missing. Congratulations. Like, he did this thing the right way. Clearly, Brent went to his team and said, this is the opportunity in front of him, and they said – Thank you for all that you've done. And they sent him on his way. And here he is in Oklahoma today in front of a uh, Everett uh, Center that had a bunch of fans in it and, and Joe C. And a, and a cast of characters of former OU players. He was welcomed as the new head coach. And now the new era begins. It's Bob Stoops uh, leading this team into the bowl game against Oregon. And it's uh, Venerables looking to you know do what people say is impossible, right? It's lead this Oklahoma brand into the SEC uh, and be that guy, be somebody who gets the program, who understands it, who wants to be here, who's going to stay as his mentor is Bob Stoops, who's been there forever. Right? They're, they're hoping that Brent is going to be that, that lifelong coach, that guy that they were hoping Lincoln Riley was. And I'm excited about it. You know, talk about BV and, and I mean, your, your thoughts on him getting the head coaching job. I mean, this is Coach Venables, right? So I'm a, young, I'm a young freshman. This man gets up runs a few miles like before practice he runs a few miles comes into practice dude has a red bull five-hour energy and a spark in a in a in a meeting and i mean he is foaming at the mouth rocking back and forth going over film telling you like all right this is gonna happen asking you questions when you don't get the questions right he's pissed and about to throw you out of the room i mean that's the person every day i saw that person every day walking to the film room approaches job that way so as a player it makes you approach your position that way as a linebacker right so every day you have a bunch of people in there that has that same mentality of we got to get it this play is this important this inch is this important this task is this important so you have all these makeup of attitudes and way to play but have a a desire and a want to and a failure to fail because of their head because of their position coach so Teddy has a different mentality than everybody. Very cerebral, very smart guy. Understands everything about the game. Lance Mitchell was very, very athletic, hard-hitting, just aggressive. And he had that understanding, but he never wanted to fail his coach. And I was just, you know, I just had that passion for the game. Just that jump around fire or whatever. So, 
but we all didn't want to let that guy down, and we all had the understanding that he had. And we come to the field with that same kind of passion and intensity, and he did that every day, and that's what he instilled in every guy he had. And we came and we did it all our own different way. Curtis Loft and every guy did it all their different way, but they all had some kind of – it's just weird to say, like the way he motivates you was just so different. And that's why so many guys love him because of the way he motivates. It's just – it's it's an angry, aggressive way, but it's out of love and, like, the love for the game, the love for what he does, and he don't understand why you or you don't love it that much. And after a while, you got to sit back like, damn, why I don't love it this much? Right. What the hell wrong with me? It's even guys that he's, that's gotten kicked off the team come back and say, like, man, you was right. But it's, it's, it's true. You get up every day and do this and play this game and have this guy over here who's older than you that – outworks you every day at practice moving around doing all this shit and you're like damn why I ain't got that kind of love so you try to match that energy which his thing is you're not going to outmatch his energy and so it, it drives y'all both to kind of want that passion want that love want want to win want to kill anything in front of you talk talk about the relationship from Film room to practice field, right? I think a lot of people, if I look towards Stillwater right now, I give Jim Knowles a ton of credit because clearly he's able to communicate his scheme to his football team. And I think a lot of people out there don't quite understand that that's not always the guarantee. Like, just because you're a football player on a football team doesn't mean you're sitting in the meeting room and absorbing all the information being thrown at you. And for those fans who are out there who are like, why didn't they make halftime adjustments? I'm like, they tried. They just couldn't do it. Right there's a there's a communication gap there. How is he how is he in that situation taking that high football acumen because clearly the man knows what he's doing and then passing it along. I think for him he understands there got to be one. There has to be one player that gets everything that's going on that can tell a player can tell you hey run game that way hey run that way pass this way you have to have one of those guys and we've always had one of those and when you have two you're freaking awesome right. So when you have Rocky and you have. You have um, – who else you have on the field at the same time? Rocky and Teddy on the field at the same time. Those are like two defensive coordinators on the side because I've sit in film room and they answer every question as soon as he says it. So when you get it, like he really don't mess with you too much in practice. Right. Y'all kind of almost have like a talk about, hey, what are, you, what are you seeing right there? Why would you call this? Why would you call a pirate right here? Why would you open it right here? So you have more of a game planning kind of situation with somebody. But if you're young, you're green – it's almost like a I'm going to chew your ass out every time you get something wrong kind of situation. So he understands you have to have that one player on the, in the middle of, your, in the middle of your, your defense that can tell this linebacker, hey, run coming your way. Hey, I see this. Hey, it's coming over here and point it out to people. And then you can that same person can go back to the sideline and tell Coach Venables, hey, they're doing this and this guy's moving and he's coming all the way from this side. He's like, all right, this is what they're doing and this is what – it's just kind of a – it's – like, to play it out in your head, he, he has that one player that can play the whole play out of it in their head, and you can come back and have that conversation with him. And what made he and Mike so good together was Mike had that one person in the back end. Brandon Everidge was that guy. You, you wouldn't think about it, but he would just knew everything that was going on, and Derek Strait was that other guy too as well. They were so smart in what they were doing. So he had they what made their defenses so good. Torrance Marshall was great at what he's doing because he was that aggression, that enforcer. But Rocky can tell him, "Hey, ball's coming here." And and Torrance had a good understanding, a good feel about the game where he would just fall into plays because he knew 
kind of that feel whenever he knew it was pass and run. So, man, it's just – it's like Coach Venables always had that one player, and I, I can remember each year who it was because I remember who helped me out. It was Gayron that helped me out, but Teddy was that guy when I was there. Then I became that guy. Then I watched it. Curtis became that guy, and I was continuing to watch him. Then Ryan Reynolds became that guy, and Ryan Reynolds got hurt. Then you also had Travis Lewis that was that. I always remember each guy that he had that was the dude that would always – you can see them out there, and I know what they're doing. They're pointing ball here, ball over here, everything, and moving and everything. And it's crazy because I can sit there and do some of the calls and be like, oh, all right, he knows what's coming this way. Right. All right, he pointed that way. He knew the ball was coming that way. It's just, just stupid, this crazy, stupid things that I could remember that I went through trying to learn all this stuff and trying to think like that guy thinks so I can have it on there on the field. Wes, on the other side of the football, man, you got to practice against – uh, Coach Venables and, and Mike Stoops at the same time. Was the energy the same in practice as you saw in games? Absolutely. I was going to say the first two things that I noticed anytime you blocked a Venables defense was the intensity that they were going to bring and the intelligence. Those guys were smart. It's like you play against teams where you get in a certain formation and they're like, oh, watch the draw. And you're like, bitch, we're running screen or watch this. And we're doing this. And <laughs> right. you're like, these guys don't know shit. But like him, you get in that situation and you're like, you get in this set, and they're like, oh, watch the run to the right. And you're like, oh, fuck, these guys know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> they know shit. Like, so, I mean, that's one big thing. But as far as, like, Mike and Brent, I remember, like, one of my first practices when I was on the practice team over there when I redshirted my freshman year, and those two were hard. I mean, you can ask Rufus. They killed those young guys. And so they were coming at us. And we ran something. I'll still claim to this day they showed us the wrong card. But we all went up and we all blocked the same thing. And it was completely ass backwards of what we all should have done. And so they come running at me. And, I mean, you know, BB's veins popping out. Did he have the cards in his hand where he was pointing at? Oh, yeah. They got the cards, you know, showing you. And And then Mike's over there just so mad he's just shaking. And they're like, what the? wrong with you and I just look at him and I'm like there's no right answer so I just look at him and go coach I'm a dumbass and Mike just kind of nodded and walked off and (laughs) Benny looked at me and says okay (laughs) smiled and nodded his head and walked off and I was like I finally found the answer nice way to diffuse it Sam's I like I mean he would hit that car boom boom he would just be hitting the Mike is so mad he couldn't even say the words he's just they're pointing at the cars where it's like dude the play is over let's move on to the next one that's fantastic that's fantastic all right I've got to ask you know as as Vinny is is in uh Venerables is now the head coach there's work to be done uh, and I, I wonder how you guys feel about this. For me, it's it's retain 13 is is a priority, in, in my opinion, right? If you can keep Caleb Williams on campus, uh, I think that's kind of where you need to get started. Rupus is kind of huffing and puffing a little bit. You don't agree? I, I agree with people being bought in. If if I got to go and talk to you as a fifth, as an 18-year-old and say, hey, man, who should I hire so you stay here and I, I retain it. you? Right. I mean, shit, man, let him go. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if everybody, hey, he's your Superman or whatever. Let him go. Go go to USC where somebody will kiss your ass so that you can stay on their field or whatever. But you come here, you can be great. We're going to hire somebody. We're not, we're not trying to go back into the stone age of, of, of running the football every play or whatever. They're going to hire the best offensive coordinator that fits this team that can recruit wide receivers. They're not going into this two yards in a cloud of dust. But you just got to wait and be patient. They went out and got a great hire. These fans ain't electric out here for no reason. Right. They They're know pumped, right, for a reason. they know the significance of this. 
y'all, you, you don't understand because they don't understand. They get, they had this fluff ass football where they can do whatever they want and come, to, come over here, stand in front of Lamborghinis and shit. Yeah, that, mean, that's, what, that's what they had. I got told, shit, if you want to come here and play at the University of Oklahoma, we have two back-to-back Buckets Award winners. If you want to play against competition and you want to compete and, be, and play at the highest level, come here. But trust me, when you get here, I'm recruiting every year to replace you. Right. I'm not that's coming here truth. telling you, hey, Facts. come here, yeah. sit in front of a car and shit. No. Bring your <laughs> ass over earn. here. Come play. <laughs> come play football. This right. is what we're doing. Yeah. We're coaching you to play football. You, when you leave here, you're going to be the most prepared, well-prepared athlete that you can be mentally physically and all that if he wants to be that he should stay here and if he doesn't want to be that then i mean i guess he has to move on you can't you can't cry over that shit you got to move forward and that's how that's how bob was that's how coach deuce was i mean whenever we lost i mean even if it was a a when we lost to oregon he's like man there was other plays in that game that got us to that point even though we got sham we got robbed but there's other plays in that game that got us where we are we got to move on this is what the record is let's move forward and if he doesn't stay, everybody as a fan need to keep their cool and let's move forward. Move forward without him. Shit, they moved forward without Rattler. Right. They yep. thought he was a Heisman Trophy winner. They moved forward without him. Oh, we have another five-star Caleb Williams. Shit, he looked very average against a lot of teams. Yeah. And if a he, lot of times when – And if he leaves he and go and meet it. Lincoln Riley, he's, he's not even – he doesn't – he can't even take himself seriously. Because how you go meet somebody that, one – Watch you and made you throw the ball against eight people dropping three linemen run three linemen rushing, and your running back averaged six point three yards a carry, and he didn't force them to to rush more people to stop the run and put you in a passing situation over and over again. That's a person that didn't care about what the hell you were doing. I know football, and we can sit here and talk football over and over again. And you can't play against Baylor and you run the ball down somebody's throat, but they play too high safety the whole entire game, and he doesn't put you in a in a running situation. He did the same thing against Iowa State. He was trying. He went a whole drive and passed the ball, passed the ball, and then went a whole drive, ran the ball the whole entire time and scored. And then go back on the next drive. And he doesn't run the ball? That doesn't make any sense to me. five in the box with our offensive line and running backs. You don't have to throw the ball. And even that he didn't – it's not even that he just had five offensive linemen. He had five offensive linemen and a tight end in the box. So you had numbers right when when it started. And you put you in bad positions over and over again, made you look bad as a quarterback, hold the ball the whole entire time, that, that, that doesn't register to me. So how he's a quarterback guru and he did that to you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. I mean, what do you, what do you say to the, to the other side of it that's, you know, <sighs> I mean, talent is talent. I get it. But Mayfield won a Heisman. Kyler won a Heisman. Hurts finished in the top three. I mean, you got to give Riley some credit for I give him. I give him credit for playing with star athletes and throwing the ball out there. You had you had C.D. Lamb. You had D.D. Uh, Westbrook. You had Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. You had Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. You yep. had Joe Mixon. You had Samaje Piran. You had Anderson. You had a Orlando Brown. You had a Drew Samir. You had a Ben Powers. You had a uh, Creed Humphreys. I mean, shit, you want to keep forward. on going? What you mean? Yeah. All yeah, these guys are still playing on all Sunday. Those guys are, all, all those guys are still playing. And what has he done with a five-star Jalen Hazelwood, Jay, uh, whatever, Jalen Hazelwood. You also have a five-star Theo Weiss. You have a five-star Stockton. You had a five-star Calcaterra. You had a five-star running back. And you, you're telling me you can't – you're not getting any offense out of right. production? Right. You have a five-star Mims. No, no more breakaway, no breakaway speed anymore. Like nobody can run away from anybody. Exactly. Nobody can push anybody down the field. So either you have a problem with your strength and conditioning or you don't know how to recruit or the athletes that you have are not the athletes that you're recruiting. 
So I'm going to say that you're not developing the talent. That's going to be my pit. Mims is the same player he was last year. 100% agree. He hadn't broke. He had There's a bunch of dudes away. like that in this team. A whole bunch of dudes like that. The Hazel, only guy Hazel I was see the same thing. On right. that defense that walks around and looks somewhat intimidating of the way they're built Winfrey. was a true freshman. The Winfrey oh. kid looks a monster. Winfrey, like, looks, yeah, yeah, he looks like a freak. He get off the bus, and I'm like, oh, shit. But are you right. telling me Winfrey's but he's upper not body wouldn't be twice that big if Schmitty was there? Yeah, he's not 290. He shouldn't be 290. He should be 310. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's a – this is just coming from experience um, being on the interior. If you weren't three-something, I was going – we were going to have some fun. And wasn't necessarily overly concerned about any of your athleticism just because of how close we would just keep our splits. Like, that's, that's – I have never watched that speed defense and thought to myself, this team's so hard to block. I'm just watching it thinking we would have ate y'all asses up if you ran this against us because it's just – I think they put them at a disadvantage just because they're moving around too much. So it's good to see that gone. It's good to see, uh, you know, that you're going to get a strength yeah. and conditioning coach that you feel like is going to be more like uh, Coach V, which will be great. The Caleb Williams situation, I just think you – if. You try to recruit the kid to stay. Say we're going to get somebody that's good for you. If he doesn't believe in you as a staff, yeah. hey, I'm if sorry. If he's not already sold in. on it now, and that's just icing on the cake, getting right. a good offensive get. coordinator, then he's already gone. He's already gone. Let him go. Yeah, right. Use the portal. Okay. Get some more you, in. Use the damn portal and go ahead because you have yeah. to move on from in two years anyway. So, All right. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about what's next. Coach Stoops is going to lead this team into an Alamo Bowl appearance against the Oregon Ducks. Like, I can't even believe I just said that. Uh, keep in mind, you know, I've, I've only covered the Sooners for seven years, and in those seven years, I've done nothing but cover championship opportunities and Heisman Trophy winners. So to think that uh, – Alamo championship? Yeah, is it to big think the Alamo Bowl is, is where we're headed here is a little bit different. Now, the same Ace podcast is going gonna, is gonna to make the trip. I think I'm going to do a, a road trip for both of them. I'm going to go down to San Antonio, cover that game of the 29th, and make my way out to Tempe. Uh, for the uh, Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma nice. State. But um, you've got to be excited. As two former great players for Oklahoma, how big does your heart get watching Bob Stoops on national TV just pound that brand? How big does your heart get where Bob is on the golf course, Josie calls, and he just shows up and says, yeah, I'm a, no, I'm, 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 I'm on my way back. I got this. I'm a program this. guy. Yes, yeah. it's awesome. you got to love that stuff. I mean, it, it, it just goes back to everything that he preached about us in my five years, your four or five years there, everything that he said. Even five years after retiring, he still came back and did it. Right. You know, he jumped, dropped everything he was doing and came right back to preach the same shit, to do the same shit he was preaching 15 years ago, 20 years ago when we were there. Yeah. I mean, you can't not love that. But on the other side of that, I'm real excited for him. I mean, there's probably – a handful of games that he wants back as a coach, and I'm sure that's one of them. Oh, yeah. So there's a little something there. I mean, I'd like the USC game and the uh, really the LSU game back, but I wasn't there for that one. Yeah, I think that you LSU were. game. The That'd USC one. Was, oof, that yeah, was that rough. was just bad. Right. There's a, everybody's got a couple they want back. I bet that's one of them. I wish I could go to this Oregon game just to – because I was in that game, and that was just a tough one, bro. That right. was so bad. Yeah. I think that there's a – I'm happy for Coach Stoops, man. That's, yeah. that's cool, though. And it just said, say, hey, look, I'm oh, going to call yeah. you up. I'm going to pay you 350 I don't need the 350 Hey, I'm going to still pay you. Hey, man, I don't want the 350 <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to send it to your account. So we already still have it on file. So you do what you do with it. And then he just goes in there, man, does his stuff on TV. I, like, I, I just I love the guy for his unwavering love for the university. 
That's right. Like it doesn't, it hadn't moved. The, nothing has rocked it. He stayed the course. And even when fans, OU fans, were saying Bob's over the hill, he's not, he's done. We need to get something fresh and new in there. And I, and I still say the, the, the universities that are stable all have that figurehead. Saban is 70. All they do is get them young, young coordinators or recycled offensive coordinators that they didn't fire. You go to the same thing, Dabo Sweeney. Old but still tried and true, and they still was with him, and they rode with him. There's only so many guys in the league, in college, that can go into a household, and they know by name, just say his name. Yeah. Urban Meyer has that same, that possesses that. Nick Saban possesses that. Bobby Bowden was one of those Bobby guys. Bobby Bowden was one of those. Dabo Sweeney's one of those guys. And you, can, you go down the line, there's just certain people that were figureheads that you can say their name in there and people stop and listen. Spurry was one of those guys. I think a few Every, years ago, uh, was it Alvarez up there at uh, Wisconsin? Yes. He was like that until – even because he still no, came it, back was it after Bielema, he right? Well, Bielema was Bielema there after yeah. Alvarez. Yeah. Alvarez handed him the, the, the keys, keys gave it. him the Lincoln deal, and then he – did what he did. Did what he did. So, I mean, there's only so many people that you can have that way. And Bob, is, Coach Stoops is one of those guys. And to be able to pound, to be able to hit the hammer on the head and say, hey, we're going to be fine. Right the ship. Hey, OU's going to be fine. We're okay. Come out there. The, the speech he gave, it calmed everything down. You imagine if right. Lincoln Riley left and there's no Bob Stoops to come step in there and do this. This thing is like. Oh yeah, the Titanic, like yes. the band's playing 100%. as the ship's just just <laughs> yeah. going down. I mean, it's it's trouble. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think he stabilized this whole conversation at a time that it was this desperately needed. As all you fans were freaking out, everybody, everybody freaking was freaking out. out. I was not freaking. I was like, "Thank you, oh my god, this dude <laughs> left." I'm glad he left the way he left because I saw it already. I saw it before y'all saw it. That dude left the way I knew he was going to leave. I was right. glad he left with enough time to get it back to where we want it to be before we leave yeah. the Big 12. Gents, I appreciate your time today, man. Thank you so much. You killed it. Always. Well, yeah. Hey, we got to talk about this OSU championship, the Bethlehem championship. Oh, wait. I thought you oh. said that you didn't want to talk about it. Hold on, no. You said a, we was going to address it. Oh, okay. I, I got okay. the picture for you. That was one okay. two weeks ago. For, okay. So, first of all, before we address this deal, you have to admit one. You said before we started, congratulations on the Bedlam win. Yes. Okay, so that happened. And now you're showing me an image of this Bedlam champs thing. And so this is apparently a T-shirt that people are wearing. It's a T-shirt. It's a thing. It's been all over Facebook. Yeah, I saw the billboard. Bedlam champs. Since when was a championship game? I mean, look, you got to. They've always given a trophy for Bedlam. They've always cha- they, they, they give one for the Red River rivalry. We never called the Red River champions. We okay, never okay, it the- okay, okay. What do you want me to say? All right, this is, I, I'm gotta, not thrilled you, with the 1945 national championship sign gotta, up there either. Correct, so the, you won correct the fans. Correct There's your no fans. Say, hey, we won the game, and that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Y'all were supposed to win that game this year. They were supposed to win that game. And I thought y'all were the better. I thought y'all were the better team before we played the game. Oh, I agreed also. Defensive. Yeah, and I like you. I like you guys do, and I have no problems with Sam telling you. I like I like Gundy as a coach. I've always told you that. Yes, absolutely. And he, I love their defense. Their defense can play. I, I like good defense. But you're mad about the shirt. I'm mad. I'm not, I'm not mad about the shirt. I'm you're mad about them calling themselves Bedlam, Bedlam champions. champions. I mean, they Who are Bedlam that? champions. This, they're champions. I mean, it's, no it's, championship the in the middle of the Where season. Don't they come, I mean, last year in 2020, don't they say that the 2020 Oklahoma Sooners are Bedlam champions? No, they did not. They don't just say, say that ever. Like, I, I'm just saying, I, get that, I get that OU doesn't print it, 
It was but I'm pretty said. sure that I've said that or somebody what? said that. No. Yeah. I've never heard. This is the first year I ever heard this. I swear. All right, all right, all right. This is the first year I, I ever heard it. it. Have, you, have you heard it before? That? I'm pretty sure I've heard Bedlam Champion no, before. I've just on, never man. seen it in print. Okay, I haven't heard it. <laughs> I tried. Finally. I tried hard. I Thank you. The truth is Lord. Thank you. All right, boys. All right. I appreciate you. Live from Brent's Cajun Seafood, this is the Sam Mays Podcast. We Alexander, Mr. Wes Sims. Brent Venerables is now the new head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners in the new era begins.